It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Happy November. It is November 2nd, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at underscore On today's episode of Locked On Magic... We're going to chat about some point guards in the NBA draft. We'll, talk, we'll focus on two specifically. I'll explain why point guard is a very realistic option for the Orlando Magic in this NBA draft, even though they have Markel Fultz, why that may or may not be the right decision. And then we'll dive into two prospects in particular, Tyrese Maxey and Kira Lewis Jr. We'll talk about all about all about them coming up here in just a moment with some help from our pals, Chad Ford and Brad Rowland. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on what other teams are thinking about these draft prospects, like say the Brooklyn Nets picking right behind the Orlando Magic or the Portland Trailblazers or whoever else? To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking for a recap of Tua Takavailoa's first start as a Miami Dolphin? Locked On Dolphins has you covered there. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. We'll also begin today's episode with a public service announcement. Early voting here in the state of Florida is now closed. The Amway Center got plenty of action. It's helping thin out some lines throughout Orange County, especially at the Orange County Supervisor of Elections office. Uh, So we want to thank everyone who's already cast their ballot, either here in Florida or throughout the United States, Thank you for being a part of our great democracy and doing your part and letting your voice be heard no matter where you're voting or who you voted for. If you have not voted yet, though, it is not too late. I'm sure you've heard by now, but Tuesday is the election. Check with your supervisor of elections office for your precinct information and go vote at your precinct. I believe here in Florida, the polls close at 7 p.m. If you are, I know this is the case in Florida, and I believe it's the case in most places around the country. If you are in line at 7 p.m., the polls cannot turn you away. Be in line by 7 p.m., get your vote in, and make your voice heard in this important election. Every election is important, but in this important election, doesn't matter who you vote for, just be a part of our great democracy, be a member of our great democracy, and do your part with a simple vote. Thank you all for voting, and thank you all for being part of part of this, this, this grand experiment called the United States of America and we'll see you all at the polls, and hopefully uh, we'll see you all Wednesday with, uh, with some results, although we'll, we'll see about that. But let's talk about the draft. It is officially November, and November is the draft. We're 16, away, 16 shopping days away 
from November 18th and the NBA draft. It's going to come on us very, 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 very fast. We've been trying to play a little bit of catch-up here on the show about the draft. We'll talk about free agency in the offseason a little bit more later on in the week. That's called a tease. But the NBA draft is obviously a huge opportunity for any team. We're going to see plenty of trades. We're going to see plenty of action. And we've been trying to, uh, at least on Orlando Magic Daily and the prospects that I've been thinking about, I have been going all up and down this draft. And yes, I am playing some catch-up on this draft a little bit too after the long delay in the bubble uh, at, without the NCAA tournament to help help us crash course a little bit uh, and guys to stand out in, in those pressure-packed games. This year's NBA draft, as we've mentioned several times before, isn't particularly strong at the top. Um, it is not a great draft at the top. It is not a draft that, frankly, I am thinking that the Magic should should move up in. Uh, it's not a draft that that I'm not super confident um, about with the Magic trying to get someone at the top. But there is one thing that is very, very available in this draft, whether it's at the top, whether it's in the middle, or even a little bit later on in the draft. And that is at point guard whether it's Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton or the guys we're going to talk about, Tyrese Maxey and Kira Lewis or Theon Maladon or Tyrell Terry. There are tons of point guards in this draft. But Phil, why are you talking about point guards? The Magic needs so many other things. They need shooting. They need scoring. They need, pl- they need playmakers. They need size. They need, they need a lot of things. The Magic are definitely a team that is in the market for a lot of things. They need a future star. Point guard, though, is not the thing we need. We got Markel Fultz, former number one pick, had a breakout season in what was essentially his rookie year, and big things are continued to be expected of Markel Fultz. Why would the Magic be in the market for a point guard? Well, my first response to that is, well, every NBA draft, and it does not matter, every NBA draft, most teams should be going into the draft and where they're picking, thinking... I just need to get a player. I want to take the best player on my board because essentially, rookies are not trustworthy. If they're good enough, they'll supplant veterans who are usually more expensive. You can trade those veterans, give the rookie that chance eventually, and everything will be much better in the long run. Um, Frankly, and I know I get criticized for this sometimes, my approach to the NBA draft is take the best player available. Regardless of need, regardless of positional fit, just take the best player available. You cannot go wrong doing that, to be, to be honest. You cannot go wrong doing that. It will help your team regardless of anything else. And so, yes, if the, if the best player on the board is a power forward, well, maybe I don't do that because you do have Chumo Kiki and you do have some other considerations, and I'm not saying don't consider that with Marco Fultz here. But honestly, still take him. Still take the best player on your board. You can figure it out later even if you have to make some trades. And of course, this is just the beginning of the trade season. And, you know, if you're really targeting that power forward, if you really want that power forward, you can make a deal on draft night to make sure you get your guy anyway. So it's not about that. But on this Magic team, they do need a point guard. Yes, they have Markel Fultz, but both DJ Augustine and Michael Carter-Williams are both free agents. It is not 100% certain that the Magic will bring back one of them, and it certainly feels uncertain and, and, and unlikely that the Magic bring back both of them. Orlando is indeed in the market for a point guard. I think we did a podcast about it during the hiatus. But the nuts and bolts of this is that. Orlando can't bring back both point guards. They probably want to keep a third point guard. And so having a young guy to develop, even as an insurance policy in case Markel Fultz doesn't work out as a long-term solution, is valuable. Now, yes, you do want a draft pick. You do want to take a guy 
that you believe can become a starter, that you believe can fill a role, that can support the team, that can contribute something to the team even a little bit immediately. And I would say this too. I am personally not a huge fan of letting go of a veteran point guard like DJ Augustine, although I think the Magic may have to do that. I do want a veteran in Markel Fultz's ear playing that position. So is a point guard the best use of draft capital? Well, if it's the best player on the board, yes, it is. But overall, it, it, it may also hurt your development of a prized young player in Markel Fultz. So there is that caveat. I'm not going to deny that. I, I, I do think that that having a veteran point guard who's willing to come off the bench and willing to kind of teach and instruct Markel Fultz is really, really valuable. But you can still get that and draft a point guard. And the fact of the matter is, sometimes that's just how the draft works out. Sometimes there are just a glut of one position, and this year's draft has a glut of point guards. We're going to talk about two of them here in just a moment, but just really think about it. There are a lot of dynamic playmakers, and point guard is such a huge position. And in any case, Steve Clifford doesn't mind playing two point guards in at the same time. In fact, I think he kind of likes it because it gives him two trusted ball handlers on the floor at the same time. So the defense has to be aware of an attack from both. That both can kind of probe and, and work the defense, um, and, and and they can't just hide a guard, hide a guy who who can't defend on one of them. Um, you know, again, I, I think the two point guard lineups that Steve Clifford ran out were a product of those were his best players. He wanted to get Michael Carter Williams on the court, and when Michael Carter Williams was on the court with DJ Augustine, it worked really, really, really well. So again. Shooting is still in the background of all of this. Having shooting makes a lot of things work. The bottom line is this. Depth is not a bad thing. Uh, and while the Magic do have positional needs elsewhere, they still have this point guard need. So it is important that we go in and talk about these players. So let's start with Tyrese Maxey, the guard from Kentucky, and break down what he brings to the Orlando Magic. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Built Bar. I am not a workout guy. Uh, I, I have a bike. I'm trying to do it more often, maybe two, three times a week, you know, depending on my schedule. You know, I, 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 still, let, I still like to eat a little bit. But, you know, when I get a hard workout in, I, I want to make sure I'm taking care of my body because I don't take care of my body otherwise all, all the time. And, you know, I, I've tried these protein bars before. I've tried them over and over again, and I just never could get into it. I never could understand why, what is the appeal of these things. They don't taste right. Some of them taste like cardboard or feel like cardboard. It's just not It's not what it's advertised to be. And in any case, most of them are meal replacement bars. They're not snacks. They're not there to give you a little supplement of energy. They're there to be your freaking lunch. And I don't want lunch after I work out. It negate, that essentially negates everything I just did. I just want a little bit of snack so I can be done with my workout Get to, my, get to my next task, get back to writing, get back to podcasting, get back to doing whatever it is I need to do the rest of my day. It's probably playing NBA 2K, but who knows. That's where Built Bar is completely different. Built Bar is unlike anything I have ever tried, and I really mean that. I have never tried anything like this. It is literally a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in great candy bar-type flavors too, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Best of all, these are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat all in a snack. 
Not a meal replacement, a snack. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If there's another riser on boards besides Denny, it's probably Tyrese Maxey. Shooting guard out of Kentucky, a freshman. I have him 12 on my big board. And you can probably guess why. Uh, Tyler Hero, former Kentucky uh, player. Jamal Murray, former Kentucky, uh, Kentucky player. Um, Devin Booker, former Kentucky player. What do they all have in common? Their numbers like didn't blow you away at, at Kentucky because of all the talent that was on the floor, because of what they were sort of asked to do. But then they go to the NBA and they're, they pop, they're wow. In every case, they were drafted considerably lower than where they should have been. And that's really caused people to go back and reassess Maxi because at the, at the beginning of the year, Maxi was probably a top 10 prospect. I mean, most teams, I think, would have had him somewhere in that, you know, eight, nine to, to 12, 13 range. And then, you know, he had a okay season as a freshman at Kentucky. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Some just real questions about what he was going to project to be in the NBA. But he's got length. He's strong. He's aggressive. He competes. He's a solid shooter. Um, the form looks pretty good. And, you know, those questions, okay, is he got that elite blow by speed and can he get that separation and, you know, what sort of ball handling um, skills that he has? I mean, there's questions about him, but that supreme confidence uh, that you saw uh, with Tyler Hero, I think some of that's rubbing off on Maxi right now. I was a little bit surprised that he's moved up boards the way that he has because he obviously hasn't played since the last time that we put our big board together. But Maxi now looks like he's moving into that lottery conversation. I have him 10 to 20, but that gives him four spots in the lottery and maybe he steps a, a spot or two higher. That is Chad Ford talking about Tyrese Maxi, who we'll talk about here 
uh, a little bit. And 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 like Ford says, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions about Tyrese Maxey, and and certainly the way the NBA draft played out, because or the way the NBA Finals played out, and the NBA playoffs played out with Tyler Hero kind of stepping up on the stage, seeing what Jamal Murray did uh, with Denver. Um, there are definitely a lot of questions about whether people are undervaluing Kentucky guards. Tyrese Maxey is very much a Kentucky guard, you know. And although this wasn't the most talented Kentucky team this year, they were still number eight in the country. They still had the had a ton of talent, and a guy like Maxey probably still didn't play to his maximum potential in college. He averaged 14 points per game, around three assists per game. Um, had some nice defensive st- statistics, but he was six foot three. Uh, he's got a plus wingspan. I think it's like six foot seven, six foot uh, six foot six and a half wingspan, something like that. Um, so he, he checks off those boxes. He is good at getting to the rim and finishing at the basket. He is good at doing a lot of things that, that the NBA likes its point guards to do. And, and, and we'll get to the whether what kind of guard he is here in a second. Um, he can get again, he can get to the basket, he can finish at the rim. Um, you know, he's a decent athlete. I wouldn't say he's an incredible athlete. Like I, I think if you want to try and compare him to a Kentucky guard, Darren Fox might be the guy you're trying to compare him to. Although, again, the De'Aaron Fox, John Wall type is going to be the guy that we talk about in the second half of this podcast. Um, Maxi does a lot of really good things. Um, but he had a really rough year shooting. He shot 42% from the floor, 29%, 29.9%, sub 30% from beyond the arc. Usage rate was only 22%. So it wasn't like he was using a lot of possessions. He was just missing a lot of shots. And so those questions about whether he can get separation, whether he can get his own shot, whether he can be... Uh, a spot-up shooter are very, very real questions that Maxie's going to face down. Um, I would say this too, he only averaged three assists per game. And one thing is, if you're going to be a point guard, if you're going to be a distributor, you've got to be able to distribute the ball. And, And again, on a number eight Kentucky team with plenty of talent, it shouldn't be a concern that you're not moving the ball, that you're not creating those opportunities for your teammates, for others. Um, it's, it's definitely a very, very real question when it comes to Tyrese Maxey. I, I, I won't lie. I, I, I am not... While I think the Kentucky thing is real, and I think that Kentucky players tend to fit their talent to the team rather than team helping promote their talent. I mean, you look at a guy like Bam Adebayo, I think that the, the, the analysis on Bam Adebayo watching his tape is, this guy is a rim protector, um, doesn't have much of an offensive game at Kentucky, uh, and, and, and didn't show the kind of passing proclivity that he had, but the room protection was still valuable. That made him valuable to Kentucky. That made him valuable to the league, and he was very clearly a lottery pick. Maxi, um, you know, again, I don't think he's Jamal Murray. I don't think he's a Jamal Murray-type shooter. Uh, he's not a Darren Fox-type speedster. Um, is he an NBA-caliber player? Sure, but there are a lot of questions, and honestly, the first question is about his position. I think he's a point guard. Um Others do not. So let's see what Brad Rowland has to say about this issue, about what position Tyrese Maxey ultimately plays. I don't think he is a lead guard. If you're 6'2", 6'3", it depends a lot on who you're playing with uh, and what your role is supposed to be. Because ideally with Maxey, you would again pair him with a big lead guard type like Luca or like Booker or somebody like that who was not point guard size but handles, has the ball a lot. If you don't have that player, for instance, if you're the Hawks or if you're a team that has a small point guard, it's tough to have Tyrese Maxey as your starting shooting guard because you know trying to de- trying to defend. And I like Maxey as a defensive player actually. I think he's going to be pretty good. But it's more him guarding point guards is what you kind of want. I don't think you want him guarding up a whole lot because he's just not that big. So in Atlanta, the fit would be tenuous. 
quite obviously, which is why I haven't talked about him even more than I have, because I really like Maxi. I just don't think he's a great fit defensively in what Atlanta has, unless you just make him your third guard. But in other spots, if you paired him with someone who is bigger, it could work a little bit better, especially if you like Maxi as much as I do. So I don't know. The fit is always the question for these for someone who's a combo guard at his size, and that's still the case for Maxi. I just like a lot of what he does. I think he's really, really good offensively. If you buy his jump shot as being even average, he does so much other things, uh, so many other things well in terms of all of his creativity and his floater game, et cetera, and his passing's pretty good too. There, there aren't a lot of weaknesses in his game. It's just that he happens to be six two, six three with a six six wingspan, and that is a tough fit when you're not a point guard, and he's not a point guard in my mind. And kind of Brad Roland, of course, the host of Locked On Hawks, and kind of building off of that, you know, Marco Fultz is in that point guard. He's a six four point guard. You know, he is not guard, moving up to guard guard twos. And uh, so I, I, I agree. I don't think you would see Fultz and Maxi play together. Uh, and and I think honestly, I, I don't have confidence in Maxi's shot. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I think Maxi can be an average shooter. I don't think he's as bad of a shooter as he was at the college level. Um, you know, he shot 80% from the foul line. So there is suggestions that he can he can grow as a shooter. You know, free throw shooting is usually a greater sign of, of three-point shot translation than anything else. But going from a sub-33 point shooter in college to, you know, whatever he's supposed to be, even if his form is better, uh, is difficult. I mean, Aaron Gordon was a sub-33 point shooter and we're still just begging him to get to 35% three-point shooting. It is not easy. Um, can be done, but is not easy. And, and, and again, I just don't think that that's, that's quite where it is. I mean, Maxi has the talent. Um, you know, I, I, I think he does. Um, and he stepped up in big games. I mean, you know, he had big games against Michigan State and Louisville, um, but he wasn't there consistently. I honestly... I don't rate him up as high as Chad Ford has him. I don't rate him as well as, as Brad does here. I think that if the Magic got him at 15, that wouldn't be a bad pick. That's about where he should be taken. Um, but I do think there are better options on the board. And one of those better options is, frankly, an SEC counterpart in Kira Lewis. And, and I think Kira Lewis is a guy that the Magic should be seriously thinking about as a potential safeguard in case Marco Fultz doesn't work out. But even as a guy that that they can maybe consider playing alongside Marco Fultz in some lineups, um, and 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 use his versatility to add a skill that frankly the Magic desperately need. We'll talk. We'll hear from Chad Ford and what he thinks about Kira Lewis, and then I'll give my thoughts as well on the Alabama point guard. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Speed, shot creation, ability to create for himself and teammates. And, and part, of, part of where Lewis is, is rising is the fact that there just aren't really 
great point guard options in this draft and and there's teams that have needs for point guard and at some point if you're going to take him you know with Halliburton and Killian Hayes off the board I think he's your next best point guard prospect and a, a guy that some teams again really love some teams feel a little indifferent about I have him in the 10 to 20 range once again that is Chad Ford on Kira Lewis and really when you get into Kira Lewis the big buzzword is speed you know, you look at this Magic roster, and, 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 and I know I've gotten into a lot of arguments about what to do about the Magic's roster with people, but my main point has always been this. Whatever happens this offseason, and I'm not going to pretend to know what's going to happen, I'm, I'm frankly not going to advocate for anything that we don't know is out there. Or, or, or you know, I, I assume that the Magic have more information than we do. So the only thing I will, I, I've ever advocated for this offseason is to say that the role for Jeff Weltman, the goal for this team right now, is they need to start looking like the team they ultimately want to become. Whatever that team is, you know, and I don't care if the Magic take a step back. I know everyone kind of bang, hangs on me, and, and, and I've been very adamant to say, this team is a playoff team. The Magic should believe they're a playoff team. And frankly, I think that Jeff Weltman and his staff, you know, want this team to be a playoff team. Not, they're not going to sell out to get it. They're not going to, you know, make trades to make sure they stay in the playoffs. But they believe the playoffs, that being a playoff team, being playoff competitive, is their way forward or is their way to uh, continue developing young players. But what needs to happen regardless of that is this team needs to start looking like that final vision. The thing we know about Jeff Altman is he likes length. He likes guys that are versatile that can play multiple positions. Drafting Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba, and Chuma Okiki was all about that. We joke all the time. It is not a secret. The Magic like players with good length. And that's fine. They need to start adding some skill. They need to start adding some three-point shooting. They need to start adding some offense. But that's fine as a baseline. The kind of team the Magic want to be is a team that clogs the lanes defensively, that protects the rim, that plays solid defense, and uses that to get out and transition. Steve Clifford talked about it all year last year. Let's play with pace. Let's pick up our pace. So yes, this is, this is something the Magic need to do and need to be better about. So... Outside of three-point shooting, one thing that I think the Magic do need is they need players with real speed. Think about it this way. We complain that the Magic play at a slow pace. DJ Augustine is a guy that has that dribbles the ball up, and he's quick. He's, he can get by guys. I mean, he can work his way through the paint, but he is not end-to-end speed. He is not running down the court faster than everybody else. Magic, you know, Aaron Gordon, give him a, give him a free lane. He will get to the basket, but he's not super fast. Jonathan Isaac can run, you know, Jonathan Isaac is a, you know, cheetah in a draft's body or, or lion in a draft's body or whatever it is. You know, he's got some speed, but he's not, you know, a quick end-to-end guy. Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucic, we know those guys are, are slower-paced players. So adding a lead guard. And Marco Fultz, I, I don't think Marco Fultz is necessarily a fast player. He knows how to control pace, and that's a very, very different thing. He can play, get the team playing at a faster pace or getting through their offense faster. But he's not necessarily a fast player. Kira Lewis is a fast player. He That is the big thing with him. Is he will get the ball up the court quickly and get it all the way to the basket. He, you know, we talked about those Kentucky players. Kira Lewis is in the vein of a Darren Fox, of a John Wall. He's not as fast as those guys. I, I don't want to sell, I don't, I, I don't want to sell him that hard. But he is fast. He is quick. And he can get to the basket and finish well at the rim, which is very important. 
Last year for Alabama, Kira Lewis averaged 18.5 points per game, 5.2 assists per game, and 4.8 rebounds per game. He shot 45.9% from the floor and 36.6% from beyond the arc. 52.1% effective field goal percentage. The shooting can definitely improve, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely an issue. But again, he's a little bit of a high usage player. Six foot three guard, six foot six wingspan. So checks off the plus wingspan box that the Magic like. He is good at getting to the basket. He's good at creating space. He knows how to use his speed to create to create space and get his shot off. Catch and shoot is okay. I would say that he. He's a rhythm shooter. Like, he needs a, a dribble or, or kind of a sidestep to get into a shot, and I think there's some concern about the speed at which he gets that shot off. Um, but, I, I, again, I think that he can work off the ball, too. I, I certainly, honestly, I think he can work off the ball better than Tyrese Maxey can. I am Again, I am not sold on Tyrese Maxey's shooting. Um, you don't shoot sub-30% in college and all of a sudden become a significantly better shooter. I, I, I'm, just not, I'm just not completely buying that yet. So, to me... To me, Lewis is Lewis is a guy that the Magic not necessarily should pursue, but he should be high on their board because he gives them something that they don't otherwise have. They need speed. They need guys that can get up and down the floor. Kira Lewis does that. And he's a decent enough shooter that, that he can add something to this team even if he's just playing a backup role. Like most guys that have that kind of speed, learning how to control it is the big thing. He will sometimes just run into guys and, and, and kind of get himself caught a little bit too deep. Um, you know, you know, especially if he's thinking about the game too quickly. Um, you know, certainly things can slow down. But, you know, you look at if you're comparing Kira Lewis to Tyrese Maxey, Lewis was a more consistent scorer, in my opinion. You know, Maxey might have had bigger scoring games and, and played in bigger moments for a better team in Kentucky than Alabama. But Lewis was more consistent throughout the course of the season. Even for a guy who has a fairly high usage rate, he was fairly efficient. And he has, you know, maybe not elite speed, but very good speed. And especially for a Magic team, that's a skill they don't have. You know, we talk about what the Magic need to add, you know, and really what any team needs to add. You want to add something you don't already have, or you want to double down on skills that you know you need. The Magic like length, they double and triple down on length. Lewis certainly has that. I think that Kira Lewis, um, I would take Kira Lewis over Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think that he he can develop, he can continue to develop as a jump shooter. As older players do, he he can learn how to use his speed. And of course, all these players need to add strength. Lewis probably isn't ready to take the full pounding of an NBA season. Certainly to take some of the hits that he would take if he does drive to the rim as often as he does. Um, he is... He's going to have to put on weight. That, 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 I mean, you can say that about most rookies, but certainly he will have to. Um, and so, and he's going to have to learn how to finish through contact. That's, that's the big, those are the two biggest things for him. And again, adding strength is a big deal, is, is a big thing for every player, but Lewis is certainly going to have to do that to reach his full potential. But that speed, I keep coming back to that speed. I keep coming back to that thing that the Magic need to become the fast-paced team they want to be. They want to get up the floor. They want to be a fast-breaking team. They need fast players. And that's why most of us believe that they're going to push Evan Fournier out of the way and eventually Nikola Vucevic out of the way in the long run. Most of us don't see those two players as part of the team's overall future. And like I said, the key for the Magic right now is start to build the team you want to become. Kira Lewis Jr., while I don't think he supplants Markel Fultz, I think he could play alongside Markel Fultz in some instances, um, certainly be a solid backup and certainly be the kind of speedster 
the Magic need to get up and down the floor and give them a, a little element of unpredictability that, frankly, they don't have right now. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts from your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We do have a busy week scheduled here on Locked On Magic, so definitely subscribe and get Locked On Magic delivered directly to your podcast-enabled listening device the moment it comes out or the moment it hits the feeds and, and gets into your inbox. You, you know what I mean. It'll be there. It'll be there in the morning or around noon every day this week. I am planning to try and ramp back up to five days a week. I know I've been doing four days a week here lately. Um, this week might actually be a four-day week too because of a, because of an early election day for me. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, but we'll have plenty of draft talk. We'll have plenty of free agent and off-season talk. And we might hear from Jonathan Isaac as well. So lots to get to here this week on the podcast. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.